Welcome to this week's episode of For the Love of Chiropractic. On today's show, we're going to be talking about clearly the most common thing that we as chiropractors do day in and day out, the regular patient visit. We see new patients, we see re-examinations, we see reactivations, and we see patients do final exams on occasion. But the thing that we do most often is that regular patient visit. So on today's show, we're going to talk about that in detail and look at it exactly how to optimize that for each patient that we see each and every day. So let's get started. And I want to remind you, if you are enjoying the show, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you'd please leave a five-star review to help other chiropractors find the show also so we can continue to grow the chiropractic profession. So here we go with today's show. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Freeman. I've been in practice for over 30 years, and I continue to work in a million-dollar practice that I built, ran, and sold. I've taught, lectured, and coached our profession, and helped so many chiropractors build the practice and the life of their dreams. And now, I want to help you do the same. So here's today's show. As I mentioned in the introduction, what we're going to be talking about today is the thing that we as practicing chiropractors do the most often, by far, day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, the regular patient visit. And the regular patient visit begins after the first day, after the history, after the examination, after the x-rays, after they're taken, after the report of findings on the second day, after the first adjustment and the first adjustment call, all those things we've discussed on previous episodes. But beginning on that third day, their third visit in the office, that second chiropractic adjustment, how do you train the patient to, so that they get the best response and move through your office in the most friendly, easiest way so that they get the optimum care and you can help as many people as possible. So it starts with the patient training. Some doctors like to have their patients sitting in a chair when they walk into the room. Others prefer them sitting on the table when they come in the room. And other doctors prefer to have the patient already prepared, laying face down, relaxing on the table with their personal belongings uh, in a basket, on a desk, on a shelf, somewhere where they're set aside and safely. Obviously never on the floor right next to the table. I just love when patients want to put their eyeglasses on the floor right next to where I'm going to be standing. And I politely promise them that my size 12 shoes are going to find those glasses right around the same time that I'm about to do an adjustment with a cross pisiform to their mid thoracic spine. And the crunch that we hear won't be the vertebra correcting position. It'll be their glasses. So, however you prefer to have the patient waiting for you is just fine. As I said, I prefer to have the person laying face down on the table so those muscles can start relaxing. And I explain to the patient, by doing it that way, by letting the muscles start to relax, that the chiropractor can do an even better adjustment with less force and it'll be even more comfortable for them. So, we train our patients to be ready for us when we come into the room. When you do enter the room to do the regular patient visit, 
I believe the worst question that you can ask the person is, how are you feeling today? And the reason I think that is the worst possible question is because you've now opened them up to focus all about their symptoms. When as chiropractors, we're not correcting symptoms, we're correcting the underlying problem. Also, with a lot of patients, when you ask them how they're feeling, they begin to tell you all sorts of things that have absolutely nothing to do with why they're in the chiropractic office. So it's much more informative if you ask more pointed questions. How'd you sleep last night? How'd things feel after the adjustment that we did the other day? If you absolutely have to focus on the symptoms, focus on specifically the symptom that they came in telling you about. So after we saw you on Monday, tell me specifically, how was the headache Monday night? Very, very focused. You're not focusing on just the symptoms broadly and you're not asking continuously about the symptoms. The biggest reason that I'm not a huge fan of asking, how are you today? is not only because you get a litany of things that have nothing to do with why the person is there to see you, but as a chiropractic physician, we know that providing great chiropractic care, those symptoms are all going to go away. And we also know that those symptoms are going to come and go and magnify and minimize and recur and not occur as we go through the treatment protocol that we've recommended. So specifically how they're feeling today is virtually irrelevant to the care that you're providing to them today. And again, continuing with that point, as they begin to feel better, and they will under your chiropractic care, and as they get better under your chiropractic care, because they will, if your question every day is, how are you feeling today? The only thing they think your care is about is how they feel. And in pretty short order, you're going to be asking every day, how are you feeling? And they're going to say, I'm fine. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. How are you feeling? And the point is, unless you're doing some great patient education about going through the four phases of care, relief, correction, strengthening, and maintenance, they're going to very quickly get the idea that as soon as their symptoms are gone, so are they. Because all you ever ask about and seem to care about is how they're feeling. If you are interested in more than just relief care, and I think every chiropractor should be, and you're taking each of your patients through those four phases of care, relief, correction, strengthening, and maintenance, as the relief phase is coming to an end, you can ask them, what are you able to do now that you were not able to do before? Or what is it that you still can't do that you weren't able to do before? Or what do you want to be doing that you weren't able to do before? Any of those questions are leading you down the next phase of care and into, okay, so how are we going to help you even more as opposed to just focusing on the pain? When we talk about not focusing just on the pain, as you've gotten to know your patient and you know what they're into, they're into bowling, they're into golfing, they're into sitting and doing quilting with their friends. When you know what it is that they want to be doing that they hadn't been able to do, you can effectively foreshadow and tell them based on your clinical expertise and your years of experience, you know what, by that date, by Memorial Day, by July 4th, by Labor Day, by Valentine's Day, whatever is far enough in the future that you're pretty sure you're going to accomplish it by then, 
you can say to them, by that holiday, you know what? It's going to be no problem. You're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And they're going to say, really, you think so? Because at that point, they still know they can't. And they're sad about it. And they're depressed about it. You're giving them hope. It's not false hope. It's true hope. You know that you're providing great care and they're going to get there, but they don't know that. So they need to hear from you that that's where they're going to be with confidence and certainty, and then make sure you get them there. And as you're going through and providing care to your patients and they start to feel better, or sometimes the symptoms are lagging a little bit and hanging in there, patients will fall into what's sometimes called the whiny patient stage. They come in and they say, my neck still hurts. My lower back still hurts. It's still going down my leg. It's all the same symptoms. They're saying the same thing is there. And you know, based on your experience, it hasn't been long enough yet for the body to heal, to to get over that point. So they're not experiencing the symptoms. And for these patients, there has been significant improvement. But sometimes they just don't tell us that. So what I'd like to do and I recommend in that case is do a little review. Do you remember when you came in, you told me you couldn't sleep at all at night. In fact, you couldn't even get into bed because the pain was so severe. You were sleeping in your easy chair all the time. Well, now you are back in bed, sleeping in the bedroom, and you're sleeping half the night. And I know it's not gone yet, but look how much better that is compared to the way that it was. So you are getting better. I know it still hurts. So you know what? Why don't you go ahead and lay face down and let me see what's really going on. And that, my friends, is probably my favorite line to use with patients. Let me see what's really going on. Every successful chiropractor I have ever spoken to over all the years uses some version of that line. Let me see what's really going on. And sometimes the patients will take one finger and point to one specific vertebral level or they'll point to one specific point at a joint and say, well, it hurts right there. And when I do this and they're moving their arm in a certain way, I can feel it stabbing. I totally understand in a strong, confident voice. Let me see what's really going on because the symptom is there and you understand that, but you also know that them flapping their arms up and down, showing you when it hurts and doesn't hurt, is not going to tell you what's really going on. You need to have them lay down on the table or sit down, depending on what you're looking at. Get your hands on them and really see what's going on. So tell them that. Let me see what's really going on. And as you determine what's really going on, explain to them why they're feeling what they're feeling, but in plain English, don't lose them in the scientific, medical, chiropractic, anatomical jargon that we know so well. Speak in plain English and explain because of the way that the nerve is being pressed on, because of the pressure as it exits through the hole between the bones, that's why you're still having the pain that you're having. Those muscles and ligaments are still weak and strained, so they can't support it strongly the way that it needs to be supported. And then, of course, explain what you're going to do about it. One of my favorite ways to explain all of this when somebody's explaining in exquisite detail what they can't do is to simply stare them straight in the eye and with absolute confidence and certainty and say the three words, I'm not surprised. 
and then be prepared to explain why you're not surprised. Based on the injury that you had, based on how long that it's been there, based on the things that you've done previously, based on the degeneration that we saw on the x-rays, based on the number of visits that you've missed on your prescribed treatment schedule, based on all of the facts that you know and understand thinking about it and looking at them logically, I'm not surprised that you're still feeling A, B, and C. And here's what we're going to do about it. We're going to start these exercises today, or we're going to do these two, three adjustments and therapies and rehabilitation procedures, and then we're going to see how that holds. And on your next visit, if it's doing what it should, we're going to add D, E, and F. You're giving them the recipe and the understanding, I know what's going on, I've got gotcha. you are getting better, and you're going to be just fine. So come on, follow me. And they do. That's why they're there in the first place. So what we just touched on, but I didn't announce it ahead of time, is what's sometimes called the appetizer, main course, and dessert of a regular patient visit. The appetizer is you come into the room, you begin to work with the patient, and you say something like, let me see how that adjustment from last time held. Or let me see how you're doing with those exercises that I gave you to do, how the muscles are beginning to respond, or the flexibility of the muscles, or the laxity in the joint, whatever it may be, I want to check and see how something from last time, from previously, from last week, last month, how it's coming along. Awesome. And then the main course of the visit, all right, let me see what's going on right now. So this vertebra is stuck, these muscles are still tight, this range of motion is still restricted, and you're talking to the patient as you're going through these things. Think of it like when you're at the dentist and you've got your mouth open and they've got the instruments in there and, going, and they're talking to you as they're examining you. Oh, I see this is going with your gums and I see this is what's going on with your teeth and your enamel and this is what's going on with the mucous membranes. They're giving you an education as they're finding out what's going on. They're talking their way through the tour of their work. And we as chiropractors have the opportunity to do the same thing. Do the adjustment. Good, that moved well. Hmm, it's a little bit tighter than I thought. Wow, your pelvis really held well. Or hmm, the alignment didn't hold as well as it should. Whatever it may be, you can talk your way through it. That's the main course of what we're doing. And then as you finish up working with the patient, you move into what I call the dessert. Okay, so here's what we did today. It's a little review, a little recap. I want you to continue with those exercises or that rehabilitation or ice, heat, sleeping on the pillow, whatever it may be, the, those home exercises or those continuing um, therapeutic recommendations. And we're going to see how that does over the next one visit, two visits, one week, two weeks, three weeks, as you continue to progress through care. And if you do these things on every single visit, you'll already put yourself head and shoulders above most of the other chiropractors out there, most of our colleagues. But I still say that's not good enough. I think it needs to be even better. So there's two more pieces to talk about. I know that on previous episodes, we've talked about getting involved in their life. So what's going on in their life? It's the kids' soccer. It's the daughter's ballet. 
They're headed out of town on vacation. They're going on a cruise. They're taking the kids and going to Disney World. There's something going on and it gives you an opportunity to apply your sharp clinical edge. Well, based on what's going on, I'm going to recommend and then really apply your sharp clinical edge. If they're going to be doing a lot of walking and carrying the kids around Disney World, you know what? Maybe they need one extra adjustment before they go away. And maybe they'll need one extra adjustment the week that they get back. But that's a clinical call. You have to decide that. Maybe there's two or three simple exercises that you can give them to do while they're away that'll take no more than two or five minutes to help keep something loose, to keep their lower back feeling better, to prevent the sciatica from reoccurring, to keep the headaches from returning so they can enjoy their time away. And by the way, by doing those, they're going to be incredibly thankful when they return that you help them have a great vacation. Or maybe it's something as simple as not sitting on the sideline all weekend long watching the kids play baseball, soccer, lacrosse, whatever it may be. Maybe it's they have to get up and walk up and down the length of the field two times to keep the back moving instead of just sitting there. Why are you doing that? Oh, my chiropractor recommended it because my back, it really seems to help. Now you're part of the conversation of what's going on at the kids' soccer game. And now I want to spend some time talking about the final thing that should go on during the regular patient visit, which sometimes it's called the chiropractic patient curriculum. This is a series of drip education pieces that should give your patients one bite size at a time so that they really understand more and more about chiropractic care and what the uses are and can be and how they can use it throughout their life. I'm a big fan of creating a CPC, a chiropractic patient curriculum that matches and mirrors the approximate number of visits that you would like your patient visit average to be. So whether that's 6, 10, 20, 30, 50, 75, have an entire list of things that you want to make sure that you communicate with each of the patients at an appropriate time that benefits them and gives them additional knowledge as to why chiropractic is such a phenomenal choice for healthcare. And along with the CPC, I think it's a great idea on occasion to have a story of the day. And now uh, the story of the day is actually two or three different stories about chiropractic patients, ideally that you've treated, that you've seen amazing results that you've had in your office that you can share with your patients. You know, maybe it's someone who had headaches for years and years and you were able to help them. Maybe it was someone who was scheduled for surgery on their lower back and you know, you had an opportunity to work with them and lo and behold, they didn't need the surgery. All of the different things that you want to make sure that your patients know, we do that and we handle that here in the office with absolute ease. And as you've been listening to this episode, I'm sure you're thinking, Freeman, there is no way that you can go over all these things with every patient and still be in and out of the room in an efficient manner to take care of lots of patients. And you know what? That's absolutely true. But all of these pieces get woven together, visit by visit. You're not doing any one of these on every single visit. Just like I would certainly hope 
if you're talking about football or baseball with your patients, you're not having the same conversation about what the local team is doing every single week. No, you mix it up. You make it more interesting because that's how conversation works anyway. So on some visits, you're giving them a piece of patient education. On some visits, you're telling them, I'm not surprised that you're experiencing A, B, and C. That reminds me of another patient that I saw years ago who had X, Y, and Z, and we took care of them, and they did great. A great clinical story. Applying your sharp clinical edge when you find out what they're going to be doing over the weekend or on vacation. And again, I'm not a big fan of asking, how are you feeling? Unless you're in an acute care practice or the person is truly in acute pain and you need to be following that with absolute specificity to make sure that you're not missing anything. So those are the pieces of a great regular patient visit versus just a good or average regular patient visit. You have all the tools. Now I challenge you, start creating great and phenomenal regular patient visits for your patients every single time you see them. All right, and that's our show for today. If you have a question about today's show or your own practice, feel free to reach out at forthelovechiropractic.com. Before making changes to your practice, be sure to seek legal advice regarding those changes and regulations in your state. For the Love of Chiropractic is an RGF production, all rights reserved. And thanks for listening. Original music provided by Hunter Rich Music.